Blog Talk Radio. And now, from the worldwide headquarters in New Bedford, Massachusetts, streaming around the internet on Blog Talk Radio, it's the Wrestling Outsiders Podcast with your hosts, Emerson and Brian Whitner. Hey, Brian, it's tax day. Did you do your taxes? Of course I did, Emerson. But I'm afraid I've got some bad news for ya. What's that? The well, show's gonna start. Oh, for the love of Christ, you're an idiot. Did you really just say that the bad news is that our show is about to start? No, why? Why did I say such a thing like that, Emerson? Oh, my God. What? Oh, my God. If we weren't live... Apparently, the hardest thing in the world is to... Pre-plan any skits with Brian, because this is what Brian had to do. All Brian had to say was, I'm afraid that I've got some bad news for you, Emerson. You've been fired, because I'm a tax preparer, and today is tax April 15th. And then after he'd said that, I was going to say, you dick, but I do have some good news our show starts now. Now, Brian, in his infinite wisdom, told the world that the bad news was that our show was starting. <laughs> I forgot what I was supposed to say. Wow. 
this is the quality of program that people listen to each and every week as we approach our one-year anniversary in four weeks. It could weeks. be worse. It could be worse. I don't see how. Yeah, well, you never know. Those times when you weren't watching the shows were pretty bad, but, you know. <laughs> At least I'm starting to watch them. Starting to watch them. 55 episodes. He's just now starting to watch the shows we review. Uh, <laughs> in case anyone wonders why I talk 95% of the time, you know, that no, might include you. No, I, I, told our, I told our loyal listeners why you talk 95% of the time, and I don't talk that much just because I learn a lot from listening to you. Yes, and that's why you have no opinions and nothing to add to the show. <laughs> oh, last week we had lots of fun. Lots of opinions last week. Oh, God. Well, this week, by the way, this is the Wrestling Outsiders podcast. I am your host, the one, the only, Emerson Whitner. Joined, as always, by the only person who thinks it's a bad thing for our show to start, my brother, <laughs> Brian Whitner. Really? You couldn't think of anything better to say to, intro- to introduce me this week? Really? Thanks, Emerson. Joined by the only person who has no opinion whatsoever about anything, <laughs> my Bud brother, Brian Whitner. See, you at least put effort into that. I applaud you, Emerson. Joined by my co-host, my brother, the only person who's going to be unemployed from this uh, podcasting gig in about an hour, my brother, <laughs> Brian Whitner. Brian, how are you doing this ha- evening? Well, I, I'm doing good. Um, I, my car got broken into the other night at work, but I was able to catch the bastard because the, the dumbass uh, stuck his head in the window of the back door of my job. So, yeah, I was able to call the police right away, and he was he was uh, captured 20 minutes later. So That's good. But, yeah, you know, I saved the day. Well, Brian... In about 53 minutes, I'm going to save the day on this show because you're going to get the boot. Oh. Yes, because at about 11 o'clock, yes, at 11 o'clock, I get a much prettier co-host when Lauren joins me. Our good friend Lauren will join me to discuss Bad Movie Month 3, which is a blog her and I uh, do over at badmoviemonth.tumblr.com. We do it once a year. 31 Days of Crap. Go back and read all our prior reviews, including one of The Room. And pretty much almost in every WWE film related movie. No, not even close. They've had plenty more. We always do one a year. Uh, I don't think we got one this year. Spoiler alert, we already taped it. But uh, that's coming up later. But before we get into that... It's wrestling time. And Yay. tonight And tonight it is the infamously bad NWO sold out pay per view. Yeah, it's pretty bad, folks. When when Marcus Bagwell and Scotty Riggs are one of the three best matches on the show, you know you're in for a good night. Oh, it was a beautiful time. I fell asleep. I fell asleep to the pay per view this morning. Oh God! And of course, next week—if that's not bad enough—next week, Jay Leno steps into the ring to team with DDP 
against Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff at Road Wild 98. And to answer everyone's questions, yes, that Jay Leno. What other Jay Leno could they be thinking of, Brian? I have no idea, but just saying for people who might be confused, yes, it's that Jay Leno. As I'm sure that people were confused all over, thinking, oh, I wonder which Jay Leno could he be talking about? Yes, Emerson. I, I know. <sighs> Gentlemen, as you know, the ultimate warrior. Fuck it. It's publicly stated that, damn it, who puts that up? Is that $200 an hour? It is $200 an hour. Yes, I wish I got paid $200 an hour to do this podcast, but I do not. That's when you would be fired. I, I contribute the $10 a month that we pay to watch these horrible pay-per-views. And I pay the $40 a month to Blog Talk Radio to continue doing our horrible podcast. See? It is not a horrible podcast. Uh, NWO sold out. Live from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And before starting to watch this show, I have a whole bunch of DVDs of Memphis Wrestling from 1988, and I had to turn that off to turn this on. And I'm trust sorry, me, Emerson. Trust me, they were promoting the house show in Evansville, Indiana, on Wednesday night to see uh, matches with Jerry Lawler putting up his Lord of the Ring ring against Bill Dundee's $5,000 and Jeff Jarrett versus that damn Hector Guerrero or Hector Guerrero in a lumberjack with straps match. I wanted to go back in time and go to that show. Touche. The show started with perhaps the highlight of the entire show and that's the entire NWO showing up on the back of garbage trucks. Yes, that was quite frustrating. Yes. Um, Eric Bischoff did a pre-taped speech from a podium as like this dark arena with everything in black and very little white. Uh, Bischoff cut a live speech on a podium while they had pre-taped promos in the background of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan talking all over each other. Mm. Those are all three big-headed people, so you know they, they want to get the last word in, pretty much. Well, part of the problem too, where the screens were so dark that you couldn't you couldn't see Hall, Nash, and Hogan, but you could hear them and figure out who the hell it is, though. Sure that. The announce team for this show, I think Michael Cole. And Byron Saxton and Booker T and all them, they can never say they're the worst announced team ever. Because we got Are Eric sure? Bischoff and Ed DiBiase. <laughs> sitting on boxes in a darkened part of the arena. Yeah, whatever it's about. Yes. Elizabeth was on the show for 12 seconds taking off Bischoff's leather jacket so you could put on a different mother jacket. Well, that's how she rolled. Short and sweet and to the point. So I, I've got a question for you, Brian. Now, this was an NWO pay-per-view, which promoted by the NWO, featuring NWO wrestlers. Why would any WCW wrestlers show up? 
shits and giggles for an extra paycheck. Well, I mean, so you're telling me the NWO decided, you know, not only are we going to uh, put on this pay-per-view, we're also going to pay these guys to show up and get beaten up by our guys. Sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, we did have a very thrilling Mexican death match. Oh, oh we we'll, a... we'll get to that. Wait, wait, we will get to that. <laughs> um, I don't want to jump the gun yet, Brian. Oh, um, sorry. Nick Nick Patrick was the only NWO referee, and so of course he had to referee every single match on the if show. If you really love Nick Patrick as a referee, you will. And most people don't. Pay per view. Yes, this is the pay per view. Yes, I once saw an indie show where Mickey J, just coming back from beating cancer, had to referee eight straight matches, and I felt so bad for that guy. We feel his pain, Mickey J. We feel your pain. Yes. Masahiro Chono versus Chris Jericho started the show. Uh, the WCW guys all came out without music, um, while every NWO wrestler came out to that same goddamn theme song. But you want to know what the voiceover guy for every single WCW guy was very creative. <laughs> Oh, oh, yes, and very racist, but we'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> and the NWO announcer the just randomly shouting out, loser, during the middle of the match. Yes, um, it was quite comical. Uh, Chono had this look on his face the whole way to the rings that read, I flew 10,000 miles for this crap. Um. And they didn't sell enough tickets to the show, so they had Harlem Heat, the Faces of Fear, the Nasty Boys, Arn Anderson, Mongo, Sherry, and a few others all sit at ringside to watch the spectacle. It, it, it was a very it was the Mitch Carter's appearance, you know. And like you knew while watching this that like. These guys didn't know when they were going to be on TV because they all looked so bored. And, like, they couldn't believe they had to actually be there at this show. Our our names are the most entertaining of all of them. So, in this match between Masachono... Yes, yes. Well, in this match between Masachono from Japan and Chris Jericho from Canada, what did the fans chant, Brian? USA, USA. Yes, I personally think sense. they were just chanting for Nick Patrick. That makes sense. That makes sense, actually, now. Now that I'm thinking about it, you're right. right. Yes. Uh, Bischoff, Bischoff, the whole night, he had a fine night on commentary, including when Jericho hit his insiguri kick and how Bischoff got all pissy talking about fake Hollywood karate guys like Jean-Claude Van Damme, and how that move's really called a jump-back-leg-round kick. uh, Perhaps someone should let Eric know that he wasn't commentating at a uh, karate event. Yeah, no, definitely not. But he owns the company, so why would he fuck someone would do that? Well, he didn't actually own the company, but we get what you mean. Anderson, I have a message for you. I have to interrupt you and your knowledge and wisdom. Um, your sister-in-law wants you to FedEx her a cake. 
A cake, you say? A cake, I say, yes. You must say the kind of cake you would like. I did not say any such thing. She, she would like a chocolate cake with chocolate icing. Peanut butter. Overnight. Start... Thank you very much. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll jump right on that. Okay, back to the show. Oh, God. Show no one with a mafia kick, which is called a stomp to the face. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to fuck your face. <laughs> there you go. That's over. Oh? oh, God. What the hell's wrong with this world? People want cake. That's it. That's what's wrong with the world. Well, well. to be fair, uh, pie is better than cake. Emerson said pie is better than cake. She's giving you the, the dirtiest look in the world right now and demanding cake. Well, speaking of dirty looks, um, there was a woman working at security who looked like the giant if the giant was a woman and about a foot and a half shorter. Whoa. That's kind of creepy. Yes. And she was standing behind Mongo. The only way the commentary could have been worse is if Mongo was also on the announced team. Dear God, yes. Uh, the announcers, who I mentioned before, were sitting on boxes. I don't even think they had monitors for half of the show because they didn't call any replay, or at least didn't call what was happening on the replays. And most of the time, we're sending it to Jeff Katz while the replays are being aired. And speaking of Jeff Katz, Brian. Speaking of Jeff Katz. He was the MC for the Miss NWO contest, where they found the eight skanky biker chicks. Yes, they found eight skanky, actually it was ten skanky biker chicks from Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and uh, had... <laughs> You forgot about the senior division, didn't you? I didn't forget. I just was thinking of uh, reading Death of WCW, by the way, 10th anniversary available now, where our good friends (laughs) Brian Alvarez and R.D. Reynolds talked about how, uh, imagine if this this contest, imagine if your mom and her friends (laughs) sat around all day talking about how hot Kevin Nash was. That's what this was like. NWO pageant. Yes. These were some of the questions. By the way, we're going to go through all the questions as we go through here with the actual honest-to-goodness answers that these people gave. And most all of them, right. by the way, now, now, the Miss USA pageant, you know, it's, you know, they ask these girls these questions that they allegedly don't know are coming. But if you've seen enough beauty pageants, you know the types of questions they ask. And you pretty much have stock answers in your head to say, unless you're Miss Teen South Carolina, who did that very famous uh, thing when she was asked, uh, why do you think people can't find the U.S. on a globe? Anyway, um, what you recall, they asked these women such barn-burning questions like, what does NWO going all the way mean to you? And the woman said, Lation. I think she and meant you to say. Whoa. Yes, I think she meant to say elation. Not that, that made any that that was any better, but yeah. Elation. What the fuck does that mean? 
it caused her to be quite uh, got got her motors going to think of the NWO going all the way. Okay. And then the second woman was asked, "What would you do to tame Kevin Nash?" And we got the most popular answer of the night: anything it takes. That was an answer repeated, you know, often. Uh, so then we got the match of the year, Brian. We, we got Big Bubba Rogers, Ray Trahiller, versus Hugh Morris, Bill DeMott, <laughs> in the Mexican death match. Yes. Yes, I've been waiting all day for this one. <laughs> Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Mexican death match. There is a match. Mexican death match in Iowa. Between Ray Trailer and Bill DeMott. Perhaps two of the whitest people you will know next to you and I, Emerson. Yes, in the Mexican death match here in Cedar Rapids, <laughs> Iowa. Now, why was this the Mexican death match? Damn if I no know. Idea. Brian can even hazard a guess as to why this would be the Mexican death match. Uh, uh, I'm not very good in geography, but is Iowa anywhere close to Mexico? It's closer than Pennsylvania and Massachusetts are, but that's still not very close. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. No, I have no idea. Uh, so we got the Mexican death match. And Ryan, you want to talk about this match? Where do you want me to start? Start wherever you like. Well, Nick Patrick was the referee of this match, of course. Because, you know, the NWA has no one better to referee. It was just a horrible match. Like, it was just, mm-hmm. yeah. It was just two big guys beating the crap out of each other. And Big Bubble won after he, uh, didn't he hit him with a chain or something? Or no? Well, it wasn't just the chain. He ran him over, oh, he ran with, him over with a motorcycle. motorcycle. Oh. He ran him, yes, he ran him over with a motorcycle, folks. And keep in mind, and Nick tough. Patrick is playing like nice guy referee for most of the match, even though he's the heel. And mm-hmm. even he's like heel referee. And like, so, like, when uh, Bubba would be down, he would do, you know, well, he'd do the heel 10 count. Like, he'd count to five and then start over. But then when Hugh Morris was down, he would do a slow, determined 10 count and give Hugh Morris, you know, a chance to get up and continue with the match. Yeah. Even, yeah. Uh, even DiBiase and uh, what's-his-name were, uh, Bischoff, were wondering what the hell was going on there. Um, and so then, when Hugh Morris gets run over by the motorcycle in the Mexican death match, mm-hmm. just I have to shout that every time just because it's they're both just horrible, hard to believe. After that happened, uh, Nick Patrick runs to the ring as fast as he can and counts as fast as he can. And Hugh Morris, spoiler alert, did not get up after being run over by the motorcycle. I was hoping he would. I Honestly, I could not stop laughing at this match. 
match was a joke. This pay-per-view was a joke. This pay-per-view deserves to be on our hashtag bad WCW pay-per-view month month. Oh, my God. That, it was just... I, I Like, I watch it, and I'm like, I cannot stop laughing the entire time. They just started... It started when uh, Bischoff's like, next up is the Mexican death match, and Hugh Morris and Big Bubba come out for the Mexican death match. It was, it was a classic brawl. Classic. Classic. Oh, boy. So then we got, if that wasn't bad enough, oh, oh, by the way, the announcers, by the way, the heel announcers pointed out that it was illegal to run people over with a motorcycle. Yeah, well, go figure. Uh, <laughs> like I said, then we if, got, this, if you does not scream bad WCW pay-per-view month, I don't know what's wrong with it. Well, up next we got more Miss NWO shit. Oh. I was waiting for it. Uh, we got the popular answer. What would you do to be in Hollywood Hulk Hogan's movies? Whatever it takes. And then yeah. came one of the weirder answers of the night. They asked the woman, what's your price? Because everyone has a price for Ted DiBiase. And her reply was something to the effect of, I would walk away with a big bill. Yes, that was it. And this wasn't even the senior division yet. No, no, the, the, these were the youngins, the smart ones. <laughs> well, uh, I'm convinced. We, we mentioned this earlier. I'm convinced that uh, one of these women on this show moved to South Carolina and gave birth to this woman. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, South Carolina. Uh, Would have been better or worse if that woman was on the show. The mind you should was like two years old at the time, but you know, if yeah. someone made that speech. <laughs> oh, uh, even more worse. If that's even a word. We go from one we go from two bad matches to another bad match as Jeff Jarrett took on M Wall Street. <laughs> yes, that's not Michael Jamie, Wall Street. J-A-R-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-T-
Nick Patrick got a ring introduction during this match. Yes, it's beautiful. And uh, also, before watching this show again, I was watching Memphis Wrestling, and there was a match between Jeff Jarrett and Bill Dundee in the semifinals of the Lord of the Ring tournament. And that match, despite the fact we only saw like two minutes of it in highlighted form, was so much better than this match. I'm going to take your words for that. Just imagine a match between Jeff Jarrett and Bill Dundee, Brian. Uh, I've never personally seen Bill Dundee wrestle, so I can't really picture this. Well, do you remember Sir William and WCW, Mr. Regal's attendant? Yeah, 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 Sir Guy. That, that was Bill Dundee. Okay, then. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Uh, the announcer, uh, Mongo, of course, was in the crowd, and Deborah was there. So the announcers are making fun of Mongo for being pussy whipped, and how Jared and Deborah have eyes for each other, while everyone except for Mongo can figure that out. Which, of course, ended up being the storyline later on. Uh, during this match, they talked about how Six was the man of a thousand moves, and so he's now Dean Malenko. And they also called Scott Hall the inventor of. They called Scott Hall the inventor of the ladder match, so I was unaware that Scott was in Calgary in 79 and gave Stu the idea for the match. Yeah, you never know. He might have been. You never know. Uh, Deborah, th- this match, you know, just horrendously boring, and Deborah spent the match dragging Mongo closer to the ring, and I'm sure she was shouting to him, Steve, even you can't be this boring. And... <laughs> Bischoff claimed that Jerry Jarrett was at home watching this this pay-per-view, and I, if he was, he must have been having an aneurysm. Probably. The highlight of the match, if you want to call it that, was Jeff Jarrett putting Mike Rotundo in the figure four leg lock. Now, both men, about 200, 225 pounds, laying on the ground, and Nick Patrick dragged the entire pile to the ropes. That might have been the highlight of the night. Not just of this match, of the night. The world's strongest man, Nick Patrick, dragged the entire pile to the ropes so BK Wall Street could get the rope break. Hashtag world's strongest man, Nick Patrick. Yes. Sweet it. Read it. Let's go. Oh, my God. So the finish saw Michael Wall Street slap on the dreaded abdominal stretch, and Mongo got up on the apron and whacked him with the briefcase. Jarrett made the cover, and Mongo threatened to beat the crap out of Nick Patrick or threatened Nick Patrick that he would have to referee more of Mongo's matches, and so Patrick made the fastest three count of all time, and Jarrett actually won the match. I'm going to say it was more B than A. That he threatened uh, that Patrick would have to referee his matches? Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. We then get the most... Out as fast as humanly possible. I, I was going to say that we got the the worst 15 minutes of the show next, but honestly, out of two hours and 40 minutes, there's about two hours and 25 minutes that can be considered the worst part of the show. Um, 
So I don't know. So we'll just describe what happened next. More Miss NWO stuff first. Here's some more of the riveting questions that were asked to these lovely, lovely Cedar Rapids women. Yeah. Describe the part of your anatomy that would help you win. Huh? And this woman, what? Didn't she go, hey, are we in the senior division yet? I don't know. I didn't take a note. But what the, the answer was, the answer eventually was my feet. Yep, we're in the senior division. Yes. Which then led to him asking the next woman, how are you doing? And her reply huh? to this to this barn burner of a question was, pardon? Oh, pardon, my bad. Yes. Which led to the next question. This, like... This is like the dumbest question. It's I could understand the woman having no idea how the hell to answer it, because I have no idea how the hell I'd answer it. But the question was, what material would you use to buff Buff Bagwell's biceps? To which she replied, what? That would be my answer, too. Well... If that wasn't, like, I'd say this was the worst segment of them all, except the finals are still to come. But yeah. we we then got, I don't know what was edited out of the WWE Network thing. I hope nothing was, because we then got the NWO band. And the lead singer of the band cut a promo talking about how he was kicking booty in a one-legged contest before trying to start the fans in a chant of New World Order. They then sang... No, that was edited. What? This was edited, so yeah. Oh, they didn't keep this in? No. Well, it was then followed by them doing a 10-minute concert. That's probably why this, this was edited. I seriously don't know what would have been worse, this or another match. How about P. Diddy performing? Honestly, that was fun. Of all the, uh, I've been to you know a number of WrestleManias, and they've had concerts at quite a few of them, the little mini concerts, and really they've all been fairly fun anyway, like nice breaks in the action. And nothing horrendously awful. Like, I I wasn't at 25, obviously, to see Kid Rock, but I heard everyone who was there loved it. It wasn't until after the show that you saw the people got shortchanged and you got the colons bumped to the pre-show. And you're like, well, what the hell is the point of that? Yeah. <sighs> we then got the best match of the first half of the show. Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs. Yes, that's Buff Bagwell and that's Scotty Riggs. They had this shitty floating camera with a fisheye lens that would cut off part of the ring. So every time someone would like run to the turnbuckle or hit the ropes, they'd run off camera. And the announcers brag that you wouldn't see anything like this at the Super Bowl. And I'm like, you're goddamn right you won't see shit like that at the Super Bowl. 
You did better. Uh, the audience chanted, Bagwell sucks, which Eric Bischoff then said this was music to his ears. Go figure, it's Bischoff. And this was also the match where they they kept piping in the NWO announcer shouting, loser, over the PA speaker for no reason other than just to do it. Once again, it's probably Bischoff's idea. Oh, I'm sure it was. But, and you did see how Scotty Riggs made his comeback, right? I forgot. Well, uh, Buff Bagwell had him in a uh, rear chin lock, the Randy Orton rear chin lock. But we got, we, remind me before we go, we got to talk about extreme rules. Okay. And if you don't remind me, I'm going to punch you in the stomach, okay? Okay. Okay. So he's doing the Randy Orton reverse chin lock when Scotty Riggs makes his comeback, and his, the opening to his comeback is to thrust his rear end into the groin region of Buff Bagwell. Whatever works. It worked. I'll give you that, but... What what an offensive maneuver is all I'll say. Hey. <laughs> and, and you thought this was the third best match on the card? That's saying something. Honestly, it's, honestly, even with that, it's still even it's probably even the second best match is probably better than the Steiner's match. <sighs> and Buff won with the debut of the Buff Blockbuster, and he almost overshot Riggs entirely in doing it. Yeah. Oh, oh God, yeah. Miss NWO time. <laughs> oh I'm my excited. God. <laughs> Where did Jeff Katz come up with these fucking questions? Who is Jeff Katz anyway? He was somebody who worked for the WCW website. Go figure. Okay. Here was the next barn burner of a question. Would you dress up with Vincent? Which was followed by our new popular answer, I can't hear you. The crowd is booing so loud because this pay-per-view sucks. Uh, It couldn't get any better at this point. Oh, God. That was then followed by the next... The next best question, would you help Scott Norton with his flashing problem? And the answer to that was, I hope I add to it. This was on pay-per-view, Brian. People paid $27.95 for this. WrestleMania that year did 237,000 buys. There were four WCW shows that did a bigger buy rate than WrestleMania that year. And I'm stunned that, you know, people continue to buy these shows after that. 
We then got another five-star classic. Uh-huh. Scott North versus Diamond Dallas Page. That was a barn burner. It, it, this match, I think, you know, I know the crowd kind the crowd popped a couple times towards the end, but I think this is what helped kill the crowd. Is that this is just the fifth bad match in a row, and the fans realized it wasn't going to get much better than this. <laughs> At some point, they showed far away in the crowd someone dressed up like Sting. Now, I think it was supposed to be NWO Sting, uh, but he never moved and was never shown again. Go figure. <laughs> this match was so thing. good that they went for seven, eight minutes, and suddenly Buff Bagwell, Big Bubba, Vincent, and M. Wall Street all decided that now was the time to come out and invite DDP into the NWO. What better way to do it? Better time to do it than during the match. Like, couldn't they do it sooner? Like, why would they wait eight minutes of a Scott Norton DDP match? Couldn't they do it, like, two minutes in? Why couldn't they just have kept Norton, like, in Japan and then have uh, Paige just come out for a non-existent match and just do that instead. But the problem is, you know what the problem with that, Brian? If they would have done that, we would have had to have another match. You know what? You're right, Emerson. You're right. (laughs) Or more Miss NWO shit. Oh, I would took the Miss NWO shit. You sure? More from... More from the senior division. Oh, my God. So Paige put on the NWO shirt, but it was a swerve. He gave Norton the diamond cutter and then ran away to the second biggest pop of the night. That bitch. And because the match never actually ended, Nick Patrick awarded Scott Norton the win by way of a count out. Nick Patrick, he's earning his paycheck, definitely. Yes. Uh, Miss NWO, what is your favorite maneuver? And the answer to this, there are children watching. Oh. I like to think. I like to think not many. What do you no. think, Brian? I'm going to have to agree with you on that one, Emerson. Not too many children are probably watching this. Well, not many, too many adults are watching this pay-per-view. No, not too, too many. Like, if you took a female on a first date to see this pay-per-view, more there would than not likely, be a second... you would not be married. Or a second date. You would not have gotten coitus if you would have taken them Absolutely. on a first date to see this. I probably will have left after the first match. Nah, you would still be there because, uh, God. Time what, my heart what, would you, my what would you do to Masachono to make him comfortable? Anything he wants. Give him five pounds of rice. 
Wow. I swear, Brian, there were trying there were parts of the show that they were not trying to be racist, I promise. <laughs> Hashtag five pounds of rice. Tweet it. <laughs> I am doing no such thing. Uh, up next, tag team titles on the line. Outsiders versus Steiners. You know the match was okay when I wrote absolutely nothing about it until the finish. Yeah. <laughs> the finish saw Rick pick up Scott Hall. Nash meandered into the ring and leaned into Rick, who took out Nick Patrick. Hall gave uh, Scott the outsider's edge, but he got up and looked around like, What? And Rick hit a top rope bulldog and made the cover. Randy Anderson, ten rows deep, decided to hop the guardrail and run in to make the three count, giving the title to the Steiners, which the crowd is the biggest pop on the show. May, may, may I repeat something for you? Pee Wee Anderson, who ten rows deep, bolted, for his spot, it got there. And then the before Scott Hall could, it's before Scott Hall could yeah. kick out, or before Nick Patrick could come alive, or you know Kevin Nash actually doing something. Yes. Well, come on, it's Kevin Nash. I'm waiting for Kevin Nash. I'm waiting for Kevin Nash. I don't do it well enough. Let's go to the master, shall we? We need to work on that. Okay, go on. I'm waiting on Kevin Nash. Kevin! Kevin! Nash, hey, um, yeah, why did you go out there and help Big Papa Pump? And you are who? I'm Pamela Palsak, the new interviewer at WCW. Sure. So answer the question. Single? <laughs> Could you answer a question, please? The thing is this. Russo, it's real simple tonight, all right? I'm an easy man to find. If you guys want this belt... All you got to do, how about this? Let's make a deal. A match tonight. Jeff Jarrett, you win, you go home the champ. I kick your ass, I'm the champ. Wow. Wow. Okay. See, Brian, part of the problem is there's too much emotion in our voice. Like, you got to wow. be all... Yes. You're almost there. It's more like, Wow. 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 I'm Daria. I'm Daria. Go to hell. I'm sorry, you're wow. too expressive. Wow. <sighs> Sophia the first. Wow. You're looking at Sophia the first? Yes, your niece has a Sophia the first couch that she got from Santa Claus for Christmas, and it's currently sitting right in front of me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good fit. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Story. Yeah, I, I I imagine it must be a true story. Yeah, I think you saw it when threats you were down here for that you know? couple days. But you got to look at the person that's making the threats. This. Yeah, don't ask. Okay. Yeah, it's like I, I was trying to uh, play the Sophia the First theme song, which for some reason is still on here. Uh, but then it wouldn't play. So I'm like trying to get rid of it, but yeah. 
Scott Steiner just decided to fuck us all up, and yeah. Yeah. Actually, no, I played him to clear out the theme song, but then Sophia decided to fuck it all up by starting to play. That spoiled little brat. I know. She's a princess, isn't she? Yes. She's Good for true her. rags to riches story. So she got a job and somehow became princess? No, she no, she was poor and then her mom married the king and became princess. Okay. Yeah. So her mom So her mom had the her rags to riches story and she's just a tag along. Why isn't the show about Pretty her much. mother? Because I forget her mom's name. The Queen wouldn't make wouldn't be a good title for a children's TV show. Eh, who knows? Yeah. So, so best match of the show by far. Not that it was saying much because the match wasn't really that good. But ladder match, U.S. title, Eddie Guerrero versus Six. The match started with the racist announcer calling Eddie a Mexican jumping bean. The Mexican jumping bean, Eddie Guerrero. If you were to rank the top 50 ladder matches in wrestling, this would probably be number 50 and barely make the top. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably go with you on that one. Like, honestly, it really wasn't that good, really wasn't that memorable. And it just stole the show on a show that it didn't take very much effort to steal. It stole the show on a show that almost had Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs steal the show. Yes. Yes. Uh, The finish, you want to tell everyone the finish, Brian? No, I was said I'm still laughing about that about the whole uh, uh fucking up Sophia the first. Uh, I'll make up for it, Brian, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the finish saw six grab the title. Uh they were both on top of the ladder. Six they were fighting over the title, six took it down, but they were both struggling over it, and so Eddie popped him in the head with the belt, uh took it down and became and Retain the title. Six had yes, stolen the title, but yes, it had actually been the uh, uh, it actually been Guerrero's U.S. title. So the Mexican jumping bean prevailed. As I should point out, the show did. Uh, they sold about four thousand tickets or so, uh, and the announcers bragged about how uh, how all these tickets were sold. They didn't have to give them away at the Seven Eleven, which was a shot at. Uh, WWE, who did the Royal Rumble at the Alamo Dome and could only sell 48,000 tickets the week before. Only 40,000. Only 48,000 in the 60,000-seat Alamo Dome. Uh, I wanted to... Uh, I'm looking up the Wrestling Observer who that reviewed this sold-out show. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to read the star ratings... Uh, from the top to the bottom of the show. Uh, in order, two stars, a half a star, dud, a star and a quarter, half a star, two and a quarter stars, four stars, and minus one and a half stars for the Who main the fuck event. Who had a four-star match? A ladder match. 
Well, okay then. Yes. Uh, yeah, he only gave that Bagwell Scotty Riggs match a star and a quarter. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so apparently in the Mexican death match, humor is subbed for Conan, um, who was told not to come because there was a scheduling conflict. He's also scheduled for a match in Mexico. But yet they still uh, call it the death match. Okay. By the way, Hugh Morris was dressed like Big Dick Dudley, by the way. Just wanted to point I, that I, out. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so it's time for the finals of the Miss NWO contest. And they showed um, a little graphic with some of the uh, things that for each girl. And among the other things that we saw on there, uh, Miss Lori is turned on by men in bowling shirts. Miss Rachel's hobby is training Rottweilers, while Miss Dee's okay. hobby is treating hangovers. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Miss Jody's hobby was playing the lottery, but those hobbies... He must have been... Those hobbies don't... She had uh, senior division. Had to be senior division. Yeah, the, those hobbies don't hold water to Miss Becky. Do you know what her? Do you remember what her hobby was, Brian? I do not, Emerson. The thing that she does for fun on a regular basis. She Drink. cooks bratwurst and French fries. That's her hobby. Bratwurst and French fries. Well, I'm yes. sure she makes a damn fine bratwurst. This is something that she does for fun. Not eating the bratwurst to french fries, cooking them. I feel bad for her family. Yes. Uh, oh, no, it was, I'm sorry. She kind of had a family. It was a Miss NWO at nine misses. I'm going to say better than the Miscendio pageant. Because only on a wrestling podcast will you have a children's theme song. Yes. I don't think they have it on the uh, children's podcast. Yeah. So back to the Miscendio contest, Eric Bischoff came down for the, for the finals where he got to pick the winner. And he decided, he decided how to pick the winner by whispering into girls' ears. Sweet, sweet nothings, of course. Yes. And upon doing this, he discovered that the winner was Miss Becky, who is the woman whose hobby was her was that she cooked bratwurst and French fries. Yes. The chocolate was hungry for bratwurst. 
And then he makes out with the with the girl. Of course, it's easy e. Come on now. Oh God. Hollywood Hogan versus the Giant Brian in the main event. Yeah. <laughs> For the World Heavyweight Championship. So Brian, I'm sure the your favorite moment of the show was several Dallas Cowboys coming out to the ring with Hulk Hogan. Of course, because they're in Iowa, so of course, you know, let's bring Cowboys to fucking uh, help uh, Hollywood Hogan to the ring. Well, one of the Cowboys was Nate Newton, who Nate Newton, in November of 2001, was arrested twice. The first time he was arrested... He had 175 pounds of marijuana in his car. Um, if that wasn't was bad enough, guy? if that wasn't bad enough, he that, he was arrested a second time for having 213 pounds of marijuana in his car. At least he didn't murder anyone. He is not Aaron Hernandez. No, he is not. <laughs> but he did spend 30 months in jail after being pulled over with 388 pounds of marijuana in his car. <laughs> I am wow. pretty sure Aaron Hernandez will spend a lot more time in jail than three months. Well, unless he dies in the next 30 months. Yes. He's only he's only 45 minutes from my house, just letting you know. I heard that. In fact, the, the trial was just up the street from me. I, I I know. It's very interesting. Uh, I, I was, re- I was reading was Facebook the- today. I, I, was, I was reading Facebook today after the verdict was read. I was, you know, doing my Facebook stalking. And it said, on a not sports center, uh, what's some call it, post, it was the, the whatever jail he was in traded Aaron Hernandez, Aaron Hernandez for O.J. Simpson and an undisclosed future Patriot uh, felon. That's so found very entertaining. Yes, it, it was very entertaining. Too bad Brian yes. didn't read it correct. But hey, what can you, know you do? You know what, Emerson? Fine. Go continue. on. No, continue. I, I continue, Emerson. This was the fourth one-on-one pay-per-view match the Giant and Hulk Hogan had, including the third television match in three weeks, including a few weeks earlier when they had an epic 45-minute battle on Nitro. I remember that battle. Now, of course, Brian claims to remember the battle, but I'm sure he has no idea what the details of it are. I remember mom bitching because we were up to, like, 11.30 nope. on a school night watching wrestling. Nope, you don't remember it. Uh, what had happened was there was a brand-new show on TNT debuting after Nitro called The New Adventures of Robin Hood. And so they came up with this brilliant idea to have a Hogan-Giant match that would go off the air during the show, and then they'd air clips of it during the first two commercial breaks um, to make it seem like it was a live match still going on. The only problem with that theory was that TNT decided to not air those two clips in the first two commercial breaks. They aired one 30-second clip, 
20, 25 minutes into the show, and then the last minute, uh, 45 minutes into the show. And so even though the match itself went like five minutes and was long since over, if you watched TNT that night, you would have thought Hogan and Giant had a 45-minute epic. I think it was like every other commercial they aired it, if I'm not mistaken, like every other commercial break. Well, there we had the two highlights of the show. First, when Hogan went for a small package. As this case, you couldn't get any worse. Hulk Hogan goes oh, for a small package the, on a seven-foot-tall man. Yes. We then got the undisputed highlight of professional wrestling in 1997. Hogan hit the leg drop. And instead of covering the giant, he began celebrating. And so the giant stood up, no-sold it, and raised his hand for the choke slam. Meanwhile, Hogan danced all over the ring, including dancing over the spot where the giant had just been laying down. So the giant just walking behind him while Hogan's dancing all over the place. And finally, Hogan turned around to make the cover and was like, Wait a second, where the hell did the giant go? And then he got choke slammed. Magic. magic. Do you and that would have been the finish. magic? Yes. And that would have been the finish except except Nick Patrick kept holding up his count and that's when we got the NWO run in for a DQ, which you saw every single week on Nitro. The only problem <laughs> is yes. this wasn't Nitro. This was a pay per view yeah. that's been Thirty dollars for, yes, <sighs> and that's how the show ended with them pulling down the giant's trunks, revealing his ass, and Hogan breaking a guitar over him. A guitar? A guitar? Yes. Somewhere Jeff Jarrett was like, somewhere Jeff Jarrett was like, you know what? That'd make a damn good idea. That'd be a hell of a gimmick. <laughs> So that was the show. Uh, that's about seven or eight thumbs down. What do you think, Brian? At least seven eight thumbs down. And our sister's calling me right now. Okay, well, send her to voicemail and call her back in I five don't... minutes. Because I've got to talk about the Randy Orton, Seth Rollins stipulation hey, for Emerson, Extreme Emerson, Rules. Emerson, 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 time out. Before you, before Ryan, you go anything. Before you, before you continue, remember to talk about extreme roles. Yes. Now, Brian, can we you going to talk about? <laughs> so, Brian's going to get punched in the stomach as well because he did <laughs> for the benefit of those of flash photography. Yes, and so uh, Seth Rollins, his stipulation in this no disqualification steel cage match is that Randy Orton cannot use the RKO, or he'll be disqualified in the no-disqualification match. Yes. Okay. Makes sense to me. And, Seth, and so i got to ask you this question, Brian. Yes. What if Seth Rollins uses the RKO? I don't know. What That's if, a question. What yeah, if Diamond Dallas Page runs down and gives the diamond cutter to somebody? That, that's a very good question. That's very, you're very what if literate. John Laurinaitis comes down and gives someone the Ace Crusher? 
People power. People power. How about Robbie E? He used the diamond cutter in TNA. Or John Cena comes down and do that springboard stunner diamond cutter thing yeah, that he does. Yeah, now. where Cena comes down and does the back hands, not the back handspring, but the uh, springboard. <laughs> that would be a hell of a move. The springboard oh, yeah, for Cena. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would just be the most amazing thing of all time. But and yeah, like, wow, she is actually agile. Uh, okay, Brian. So that's it for you. Do you have anything else to say before we cut you off? I'd like to thank God, Jesus, and Mister McMahon for this moment. Thank all right. you. Well, and good night. All right. So we're gonna go into a little bit of a musical interlude before I bring Lauren onto the show. So hang right hang on tight. Bad movie month three is coming up next. Four women rescued from an underground apocalypse cult allegedly run by self proclaimed Messiah, Reverend Richard Wayne Gary Wayne. Best known to Yelp users in this area. As Dernville's worst wedding DJ, I am now joined by a neighbor who watched all the drama unfold, Walter Bankston. Mr. Bankston? Oh, yeah, yeah. What had happened was I was out clock, hucking up by clouds with my grandson. When I didn't know where, 400 police vehicles came walking. They were busting up in that weird old white dude's house. He had a cop up in there. Why do you throw the record for creepy crime? Welcome back to the Wrestling Outsiders podcast. Uh, Brian's not here. He ran away. Neither is wrestling. Neither is wrestling. So if you're actually tuning in for wrestling, <laughs> tune off now. Don't tune off now. Well, no, we don't. You're bad at this. <laughs> I, well, did you not hear the first time I said where if you're tuning in for wrestling? No, don't tune. tell them to tune out. You're in for a surprise treat instead. I don't know how much a surprise it is since we plugged it, but... Lauren. And yet they're still tuning in for wrestling? Well, it, we're an hour into the show, Lauren. <laughs> well, as you heard, uh, our friend Lauren is here, and we are here to discuss Bad Movie Month 3. The re-badening. Now, Lauren, for those many people listening who have no idea what Bad Movie Month is, let them know. Well, uh, a couple of years ago, we each consecutively dared each other to watch a month's worth of terrible, terrible films and then blog about them. Yes, we Other, did. Otherwise, how would we know 
that we had actually wasted all that time. People would have to take our word for it. Mm. And this is the third annual Bad Movie Month. Yes. Do we have favorites so far? The Room. <laughs> the Room is a big favorite. Birdemic. <laughs> uh, Birdemic. Um, going through the list of movies we've watched. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not Batman and Robin. <laughs> uh, definitely not Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> How about uh, Book of Shadows? Hey, Book that was Sh- yours. <laughs> I've seen it, but it's not good. Sergeant Pepper's the only hearts club there. Uh, uh, chairman of the board starring Carrot Top. <laughs> Smiley. <laughs> Uh, Dracula Sex, 3000. Sex and the City 2. 2. Which, uh, by the way, people, you can read all about any of these titles and much more uh, on the Tumblr blog that we have for Bad Movie Month. Which is <laughs> badmoviemonth.tumblr.com. This is like when I asked Brian to uh, tell everyone our phone number to call in, and he's like, I don't know. I'm not looking at it. <laughs> You've got the thing facing you. <laughs> well, I also know the URL off the top of my head. Yes. <sighs> now, we are going to be joined here by Nellie as well, our other friend of the podcast. Because we only have three friends of the podcast, and Matt couldn't be here. So, um, <laughs> and so she is going to help decide which of us starts Bad Movie Month. On May 1st, which of us gets stuck going first? Now, last year when we asked Nellie to do this, she flipped a coin. We asked her to flip a coin. And she proceeded to roll it across the desk. In the past 365 days or so, we've, we've since taught her how to flip a coin. And we're going to see if, in fact, she knows how to flip a coin. Now, Nelly, if you want to come on a little closer to the phone here. And, okay, so when you're right now, tell people, first of all, who's going to be heads and who's going to be tails. Okay, Lauren's going to be heads. Emerson's going to be tails. Okay, and let's see here. For the coin toss. Okay, here we go. Can Toffee. she do it? She did it. She Yay. did it. Okay, you she, okay. <laughs> it is heads. Heads. Lauren <laughs> is going first in Bad Movie Month. Okay, time to uh, organize my Netflix queue. Netflix believes I go insane uh, about Once a month a every year. year. Yeah. Our show is sponsored by Netflix, apparently. <laughs> I now, love my Netflix. <laughs> now, Lauren, we've got all our movies, about 47 of them, oh, I've, on I've, a wheel here. I've seen the selection we have. I'm not uh, excited. Excited per se about most of the titles. I do okay. hope I get a couple. <laughs> now here we go for the first movie of the month, and the loser is ah. Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Woo! Jesus Christ I was hoping Vampire to get Hunter <laughs> is gonna kick yes! off that movie month. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Lauren, so you're happy with your uh, with your selection here tonight. I really, really am. <laughs> okay. Who better so, to kill a vampire? Than Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hope it's a musical. Is it a musical? I don't think so. <laughs> it should be. Let's see here. <laughs> and uh, let's see here. Now May 2nd. Which is going to be yours. Poor Emerson. <laughs> it's going to be... House, House of the Dead. 
House of the Dead. Finally, you get to see a really, really bad Uwe Boll movie. Because you were, like, really relieved with uh, when I gave you uh, Sanctimony. Yes, yeah, Sanctimony I enjoyed. Which, honestly, I've said this to you before, and I'm just going to let the people at home know that when I wanted to, in our first year of doing this, assign an Uwe Boll movie to Emerson, I just went with one of the ones that had the lowest tomato meter slash IMDb ratings. <laughs> At the time that year, we were already assigning him Zombie Nation. I didn't want to do House of the Dead on top of that. You have no escape this time. Uh, sadly, no. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go for the third movie in Bad Movie Month. Mine. Highlander 2, The Quickening. <laughs> Which is, I'm glad I got this instead of you, if for nothing else than I've actually seen the first one. Okay. It is a good one. Bad sequels happen to good movies, Nellie. <laughs> I think that's the uh, theme of our uh, show here. <laughs> they also happen to good casts sometimes. <laughs> now, does Highlander 2 have a good cast? Uh, Sean Connery's in it, I know that much. That is a good cast by itself. <laughs> Okay, for the fourth, day four, my pick. The Beast of Yucca Flats. Awesome. The Beast of Yucca Flats. And since this is a wrestling podcast, I just want to point out, starring Tor Johnson. Tor Johnson. Yeah. Not Georgie Animal Steel, by the way, but Tor Johnson. That's right. (laughs) He's the original wrestler slash actor. There you go. Uh, day five time. Come on, give her something bad. <laughs> so I don't have to do it. The Phantom, Billy Zane. Yes, starring Billy Zane. <laughs> Lauren, your thoughts on uh, uh, that one? All I know is Billy Zane in purple spandex. Uh, shout out to uh, Justin J.P. Pereira, who uh, gave that suggestion. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. <laughs> so now we're on to May 6th. What next piece of crap am I going to get stuck with? Street Fighter. (laughs) Awesome. Can I just play Street Fighter for two hours instead? No, no. It does. uh, Wait, is that the one that has Robert Patrick in it, or is that uh, Double Dragons? I'm not sure. You know my feelings towards Robert Patrick. He'll make anything at least enjoyable. (laughs) He's only been in about 150 movies. Terrible, but still, like you'll have fun watching him. <laughs> I don't say. Oh no 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 no! Street Fighter is only Jean Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia. I envy you suddenly. <laughs> go me, go me. Ah, uh, May seventh. Thank God. Breaking Wind. Oh God. Lauren tried to give me a farting movie. It's uh, from what I know about this one is uh, it's on the IMDb bottom one hundred. It is a very poorly made parody of the Twilight films. Breaking Dawn Part 1, I want to point out, I have already reviewed for our first year. And when when you think about, like, when you do a bad parody of a bad movie already, (laughs) it it ain't no good. No. Where does Vampire Suck when you need it? Oh, God. I would prefer Vampire (laughs) Suck. Uh, Next up for the eighth. Lady Terminator. <laughs> Lady Terminator. <laughs> You're going to want one that's dubbed from the original Italian. <laughs> Great. 
always got to love when Lauren gets around my English-only rules. It's more fun when it's dubbed when it's something that bad. <laughs> okay, come on, TMNT3 for Lauren. Deep rising. I'm gonna Deep rising. That. <laughs> now, of course, we do have a list of movies that, just in case... These movies are either impossible to find or impossible to get in the time frame. We do have a other list. But I'm so. counting on you, Netflix. Netflix, you can do it. <laughs> no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop! Mac and me. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the 90-minute McDonald's commercial. <laughs> I'm hating it. <laughs> Uh, on the 11th, the, by the way, May 11th, the one-year anniversary of the Wrestling Outsiders podcast. Oh, I should say something special, I suppose, while reviewing. The Wicker Man. Yes. Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Ah. All up in here. Ah. Ow. Yes, the bees. Lauren just bees. hurt Nellie. I'm sorry. <laughs> Break time. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. May I borrow your DVD? <laughs> After she hurt you, I don't know if you want. Oh, she's gonna inflict Nicolas Cage upon me to punish me. Yes. Wow. It's all yours. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's I, I hit right. you both with the exact same amount of force. <laughs> yes, but I'm a 30 year old man. Did it hurt when I hit you? No, but she's an older woman. Aww. I'll get her ice cream later. You'll forget her froyo instead. <laughs> Left behind. Also starring Again with Nicholas Cage. Oh, yeah. Nicholas Cage followed by Nicholas Cage all up in here. Nicholas Cage on. Um, by the way, May 5th's your birthday, right? Yes, I'll you be watching to watch the Phantom, the Phantom yep. for my birthday. And speaking of birthdays, my brother's birthday's next, May 13th. Uh-huh. What movie is Lauren going to be stuck watching on Brian's birthday? Oh. Showgirl. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be very happy with that. I'm sure. I'm sure he will be. Uh, now, while Brian's hung over on May 14th, when well, we've only stuck her <laughs> Oh, thank God. Biodome. It was hovering on oh. Super Mario Brothers, and I went just. I know you've already seen Super Mario Brothers. I know. It's like, it wouldn't really be that bad. It's not really it's, sure. Well, it's like, <laughs> true that, but it's like I've already watched it, so I know what horrors would await me. Also, fun fact, uh, fun bad movie month fact, is we originally were going to do Biodome in the first year, but we took that out because you wanted something festive, and that's where we came up with Leprechaun in the Hood. Dead. Hmm. <laughs> That was March seventeenth. Yes, it was. <laughs> okay, what is next? Going overboard. Okay. <laughs> March. Or, okay, sorry, isn't that another one with a good cast? <laughs> there's a lot of bad. Movies I know, I know cast. that, but like, I just want to. I like pointing it out, and I still respect these people, even when they do total crap. <laughs> Stop, or my mom will shoot. <laughs> No whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Stop! Staying alive. We got a musical. We got a musical. I love it. I love it. By the way, I used my walk. I'm a woman's man. No time. Stop. 
So half the month is gone here now. Yes. More than halfway through, Lauren. How much brain rot will we have endured? <laughs> usually by that third week is usually when we're like... <sighs> <laughs> At least they took out that stipulation that you originally had where we couldn't watch any good movies during the month. There we go. For the 17th. Ooh. Fear.com. Damn it! You have that one. I already know how bad this one sucks. <laughs> Watch your language. I'm sorry. Darn it. <laughs> Speaking of language, remember to take your Breakfast Club DVD. Oh, it's already in my oh, bag. Even but better. Thank you. That is no a problem. good movie. That is a good movie here on Bad Movie Month discussion. Yes. <laughs> and we should probably do, like, in June, we should do a... Uh, a good movie month? No, no. No, just say come back. Come back on, come back on the air and talk about uh, oh, about Breakfast Club. No, oh yeah, we can talk about Breakfast Club. <laughs> we also talk about our experiences this month. Okay, I don't mind doing that. That's coming in June. <laughs> but first, you oh, okay. Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. <laughs> on May 18th. <laughs> now, starring the incomparable Marlon Wayans. <laughs> now. The next day coming up, May 19th, this is a wrestling podcast first and foremost. And, of course, I did force Lauren to watch See No Evil one time. <laughs> and Lauren, thankfully, is not a wrestling fan, so she doesn't know the horrors of May 19th. I don't. I had no idea what you were talking about when you referenced that. Yes. However, <laughs> many people listening to this do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I should make it. I should, so see this we, time it's not a Kane movie though, because we I, don't have one of those. He doesn't have any other movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hard to do Kane movie. Just <laughs> like have Cino no Evil over and over again. Please don't do that. Oh my God, they are doing Cino no Evil too, but I don't think it's out yet. Afterlife. Oh damn you, Liam Neeson. <laughs> He's not getting any McConaughey this time. <laughs> Hey, McConaughey's making an upswing, so it's like, uh, you know. So we're going to forgive him for his prior crap? No, no, never. <laughs> but I stopped making fun of him so much. <laughs> and what do you have? Catwoman. <laughs> You'll love it. I'm sure it's I will. another in that kind of Batman universe. <laughs> But not in the same universe also as Batman and Robin, because Man, that franchise was killed by that film. Man, did I get violently angry. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think Lauren has a special gift for me. I but do, but I'm uh, get let's it. wait until it's all finished, and then you can be presented with your special Bad Movie Month token. <laughs> wow. I can only imagine what this is going to be. But first, May 21st, but you don't have to imagine what it's going to be for much longer. Fast food. Hmm. I wonder if that's anything like drive-thru. <laughs> we have a lot of cra- uh, food-based movies. Yeah, well, I don't know what that says about us. <laughs> Saying that I'm fat. Nobody said that. I did, just now. Oh, I wasn't listening. Orgy of the Dead. You filthy, filthy animal. <laughs> that's me, though. Yep. <laughs> That's why you get to watch it. <laughs> well, just to ma- remember, if, you know, Nellie would have flipped that coin the other way. Yep, I'd be the pervert. <laughs> yep. You're a pervert. Pervert. <laughs> the 23rd now. 
Who's your caddy? <laughs> Who's your caddy? Yes, I am. Uh, my boyfriend, Matt, kept uh, recommending that one. <laughs> Let's hope it's just bad enough for Lauren. Well, last year he recommended Soul Plane, which, while not good, was not as bad as anything else that we were watching. No! That's my boy! <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing so much, everybody, but I just, like, take a special kind of, like, schadenfreude here where when Emerson has to do a bad Adam Sandler movie, being that he's the actual Adam Sandler fan. <laughs> I was an Adam Sandler fan in the 90s. Yes, I know. I don't think anybody's been a fan of his for the last 15 years. <laughs> Whoever keeps allowing him to make these movies. Uh, clearly somebody is. <laughs> what was his last now, good movie? I don't even remember. Exercise ah! 2, The Heretic. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Backstory, uh, cards on the table. I have tried and failed twice in my life to watch that movie. Well, and for the sake of this blog, I'm going to do it. <laughs> can't you do it, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to have Find to. out <laughs> May 25th. I think that's a Monday. It might be Memorial Day, actually. Oh, God. We're going to memorialize something there. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's Memorial Day. <laughs> I can borrow that one from my dad. It's a sad thing. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, well, I have to have all of them. You really don't. <laughs> uh, he, I can understand needing to have them all. <laughs> so you have Rocky Four. Yeah, <laughs> Rocky Four and Rocky Five. Oh, yeah. I Rocky Five on Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Musicals. We <laughs> oh, you know a big fan. Oh what a big fan you are of both the Bee Gees and the Spice Girls. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> tell us how much Zigga Zig Ah is in that movie. <laughs> Zigga Zig Ah. I saw that in the theaters, by the way. <laughs> is it because of Ginger Spice? No, it's because it was in the Dollar Theater and I had nothing better to do on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> if you want to be my lover. Now that I've laughed at you, let's see what my punishment is. Come on. Superman for the quest for peace. <laughs> okay. I know before, obviously, you're not a Batman person. I'm not really a Superman person. I can appreciate it when it's done well. <laughs> this is not going to be easy. <laughs> now, now, keep in mind, your review has to be more than just that Family Guy joke. With, uh, <laughs> and that's why I'm Superman 4, the quest for Beast. I think I would have enjoyed that uh, much more if that was an actual line of dialogue. Oh, so that's why they call it that. <laughs> uh, we're coming down to the nitty and the gritty. Both. And Double Dragon. All right, there's your Robert Patrick. Uh, <laughs> you must be so He's good people. But now we get to Lauren's last singular movie. May 29th. What will it be? There's some good choices still on the board. Front seat, back seat, which seat should I take? It's the 29th, 29th. Yes! Yes! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, jeez, TMNT3. Mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Turtles in Time. Uh, isn't Turtles in Time just the name of the video game? 
I thought it was like the subtitle. I don't remember, man. <laughs> I could be wrong. Even when we were kids watching this, it we knew it was bad. <laughs> you know what's bad? Like when a nine-year-old who was obsessed over the first two movies yes. only and watched that third movie And the second one even had Vanilla Ice, and we thought yeah. it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> the third one, we're like, this is insulting to us. <laughs> All right. So the final spin of the wheel. For May 30th. I hope it hurts you and makes you cry. <laughs> there are some real picks on here. <laughs> Big deep breath. Cause and... Mm. Oh, trip. Why, Emerson? Because we might as well offend the homosexuals. Yes. <laughs> and every year we have to offend the homosexuals. Not every year, no. <laughs> we had Glenn or Glenda. Well, that was more like uh, cross-dressers, because Glenn was a heterosexual. Well, then we had the item. Was that about gay people? It wasn't about gay people, but they had a... They had a big penis as a villain. Yeah, but but they had a bunch of transsexuals that they killed because they were transsexuals. Oh, wow, that's that's, uh, special. (laughs) So that is the list. And in case you're wondering what the 31st is, our joint review is... Sharknado. By popular demand. Yeah. <laughs> I like that movie. We, we would have done Sharknado 3, except that doesn't come out till July. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on now. Before we go, Emerson has a gift. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. I hate you. <laughs> Tell him what it is. It's a children's book of Batman and Robin, heroes <laughs> and villains. From the shit movie. <laughs> I don't know, but... It's okay. I made some adjustments. <laughs> I thought at first it was signed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, why did you cross out Las Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> because Joel Schumacher turned Gotham City into Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, my God. That is actually you writing. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I just, I just want to mention that for this book, I uh, taped over the actual text with my own story to go with the pictures. Father, <laughs> um, just out of curiosity, you want to know what our 32nd movie would have been? Uh, I guess so. Let's see some honorable mentions. Honorable mentions in case our current movies don't uh, manos the hands of fate, making yet another uh, appearance in the honorable mention category. Um, we're going to do five because... Okay. Just in case uh, there's a, <laughs> right, we have no luck. Vampageddon. <laughs> my friends movie. Because you can never have enough vampires. My friend insisted we watch it. Well, if two movies flake out, that's the one. Theodore Rex. Oh God. <laughs> Does it get better or worse, do you think? Uh, I don't think it can get much better than Theodore Rex. I mean, there's a it's a buddy cop movie with a dinosaur. <laughs> Dude, where's my car? <laughs> Dude, where is his car? I don't know, man. I stole it. Nellie stole Ashton Kutcher's car. Yeah. Is it because he stole that guy's girlfriend? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and last, in case of... Uh, Subtraction edition, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> okay. I kind of don't think it'll come to that, but that gives you an idea of what else we were dealing with. And, you know, just looking around the wheel, um, Christian Mingle, Little Man, 
I drink your blood. I'm kind of sad we didn't get to watch Christian Mingle. We can watch that along with um, that movie that I keep telling us to watch. Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. That sounds like it would actually be fun. I would love to watch Sergeant Kabuki Man. <laughs> One day we got to watch that. We will. So that's going to end our little thing. 25 minutes, you know, I was aiming for 30, and we got down to 25. Hey, there you go. You could spend the rest of the time reading your book. <laughs> I won't do that. Whatever I said earlier tonight. Take the time to read it at some point. I put a lot of effort into those index cards. I will. But, you know, whatever whatever show I said we're reviewing next week, we're reviewing it next week. I forget right now off the top of my head, but we'll be doing it. You're a professional. Yes. Say good night, Lauren. Good night, Lauren. The outro music. Yes. <laughs> oh, by the way, ooh, that's the way. Wait, 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 wait. The show can't end yet. Lauren, I believe you have something to say about my intro music. Why the hell do you have so much intro music? Uh, it's oh. one song. It's several songs in, in a mashup. Yes. <laughs> mashed together. No. To make one epic opening. No, it's not. That's 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 more than anybody needs. <laughs> yeah.